We're so excited to announce our brand new sponsors, Future Farm. Future Farm is Brazil's number one meatless meat brand that has now landed here in the UK. Their product range includes future burgers, future sausages, future mints and future meatballs. Ben and I both tried these products and can confirm they are absolutely incredible. They are so popular in Brazil that the locals even call veggie burgers future burgers. Now, that is influential. All of the Future Farm products are made from soy, yellow pea and chickpea protein. This combo makes a meatless meat that not only tastes amazing, but is so good for you and the planet. Their products contain 100% natural ingredients, all certified vegan and gluten-free, and they also contain no GMO nastiness. You can purchase all Future Farm products in Sainsbury stores across the UK and online from £3.80 per pack. If you're planning to eat less meat or looking for a new meatless meat to add to your fridge space, then give Future Farm a go today. and welcome to Two V's and a Pod with me, Izzy the Vegan and me, Ben's Vegan Kitchen. In this podcast, we'll walk you through the landscape of veganism through the eyes of two pretty relatable day-to-day vegans. And over the series, we plan on discussing a wide range of topics that you may have pondered upon whilst being vegan or even whilst deciding to take the step. This week, we are joined by Lucy Parker, a plant-based recipe developer who really does know her food. Lucy, also known as Lucy and Lentils on Instagram, has been producing incredible vegan recipes and she's even featured on the BBC Food website. We wanted to chat to Lucy all about her love for good food, as well as her passion for stopping food waste, encouraging people to use zero waste stores. Lucy has become a real source of food inspiration for many, growing awareness around veganism and plant-based food. Let's chat to her. So hi Lucy, it's so good to have you on the show this week. We're really excited to have a really great conversation with you all around your recipe development and food waste and lots of exciting things. But Ben, we have a really important question to start on, don't we? You all know what's coming. We do indeed. And uh, after our disaster class last week, hopefully um, you're going to do it slightly better than us. Um, we want to know your three course death row meal. Oh, I love it. You're going straight in at the deep end. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. Right. So I've really spent a lot of time thinking about this. This is a serious, serious debate. All of them kind of have memories of travels or family. I feel like a lot of people probably do the same because a lot of the time it's not so much about the food. It's about the memories that it evokes. God, that sounds so pretentious, but you know what I mean? It's like, okay, so we'll start, we'll start. So for starters, I'm kind of going to go for a platter. I hope that's allowed. Um, And it was back when I was in Israel. We went to this place in Nazareth called Luna's. And um, it's kind of like Arabic bistro food. And I can't explain how good this food was. So if you say something like hummus and falafels, you kind of think of good old British store-bought, really stale and... Dry and yeah. Exactly. (laughs) It couldn't be further from that. So there was things like um, really slow-baked, like harissa-infused cauliflower, loads of really creamy hummus, loads of different flavours. Um, falafels that had been like so beautifully fried they were like so crispy on the outside and melting on the middle okay so that's what we're going for for I mean you you come to the right place you know you may not know but I lived in Israel for nearly three years oh wow I knew you'd been there I didn't know you'd lived there yeah no I lived there nearly three years I I never went to Nazareth because it's kind of like a a strange like nether zone where you're not really supposed to go I think it's okay for like 
Westerners with no like attachment to any sort mm-hmm. of religion to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've heard that the food down in that part of the world is unbelievable. Oh, it was insane. So we went there with um, this company called Vibe Israel. You might have even heard of them, having been around there for a few years. But um, so what they're trying to do is kind of build awareness about the kind of culture and the food and actually how amazing it can be for vegans so so that was incredible so yeah we got we felt so special going there and we were all just sat there was like six of us and we're all sat around this table and Luna herself kept bringing up all these different platters and we were just like kids in a sweet shop we were just like oh my god this is amazing how are you getting these flavors like how are you managing to mix these flavors together and yeah I don't think I'm quite like doing her justice just by saying falafel and hummus it was way more than that (laughs) It was just incredible. It was so good that no one spoke. And I think that's when you know that food mm-hmm. is good, when no one speaks. Yeah. Um, so that's starters. Maine, without a doubt, it has to be my dad's Sunday roast dinner. Like, it goes without okay. saying. He is such... He's. Everyone says that their family roast dinner is like the best roast dinner or oh, no one makes it like my mum no one makes it like my dad but it's true like no one makes <laughs> it like like my dad so um what's what's his speciality as a, as a main in the sides because oh you God. know everyone you know everyone's got like this is traditional that's not traditional but you know you're yeah. from you're from up north so i imagine it's it's got to be a bit carb heavy slightly oh, on completely. the stodgy can i call Com- stodgy stodgy is a positive word to yeah. de- describe food we love sure. a bit of stodge yeah. yeah stodge is always good yes you're so right so obviously potatoes are the hero dish like if, if you kind of mess up the potatoes i feel like that messes up the sunday the sunday roast so he <laughs> he goes to town you know he parboils them fluffs them up gets them in boiling hot oil gets them really crispy anyway so he's 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 good at that rosemary and thyme <laughs> and salt um so it has to it has to be my dad's sunday roast i feel like that is the best the best food in the world is but what's, comfort. The, what's the what's the main and the sunday yeah roast? what's the centerpiece so, is it a nut roast or no meat he alternative? doesn't yeah he doesn't really do that to be fair we have that much veg on it and that much like vegan stuffing and things like that that quite often you don't actually feel like you need to have like a vegan meat alternative but usually i'll take something round so i'll do like a puff pastry um almost like a uh, kind of would roulade be the right word no uh like a sort of sausage ve- obviously vegan sausage with loads of like caramelized red onions and chestnuts and things Ooh. it's quite christmasy almost Ooh. and you wrap it in puff pastry and you coat it with tamari and bake it and it's just oh my god it's almost like a wellington oh, kind of this thing this was such a bad idea to do before lunch <laughs> i know i'm starving now <laughs> i'm salivating i'm so hungry oh. at the thought of this so and then obviously he makes an amazing gravy because loads of people i feel like kind of are really easy to go to kind of shop bought um, gravy but he'll Never. like he'll do it all from scratch he is so his gravy is like you could honestly drink it through a straw is that good <laughs> me and my sister usually fight over the last bit of the gravy <laughs> in Love the uh, in the gravy boat but yeah so that's main and then oh god dessert I feel like I want a trio because I don't want to waste my time on fruit. Fruit doesn't belong in dessert. It's got to be chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Not not wasting time on anything healthy here. So, okay. So Louis's mum does a sticky toffee pudding at the weekend, usually if we go back to his house on Sunday. So sticky toffee pudding, but it has to have more sauce than pudding. Have you ever had been to a restaurant where they bring out a sticky toffee pud? 
And it's dry. What is that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not what you need. Not what you but need at all. It's it's actually <laughs> criminal. Like I, I just I can't believe they'd even have the audacity to try it. If I'm honest, it's we need got to start. To a, we need to start a com- campaign. Save the sticky toffee pudding. We've got to do it. Get rid of the dry ones. Bring in the wet ones, and everyone. Sauce will be happy. or nothing. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so it's got to be that, and then. Oh, it's all it's all going back off memory again. So like when me and Lou were in Italy, we had this like banana split. I don't even like. So you just heard. I don't like fruit in <laughs> dessert. It's not. <laughs> but here you go. <laughs> but there was something about like it, the sun was setting. I think we were in Turin, and um, the sun was setting, and it was just like. Psh- I don't know, reflecting off all the beautiful architecture around us. And there was, honestly, it was like something out of a movie. There was someone like playing the accordion. <laughs> and it was just so cliche, but it was so like amazing. And I didn't even, I don't even think it was necessarily the dessert, but it was just that like memory. And then every time I have banana split, it just takes me back there. So yeah, we've got to go there. And then lastly, Louis' uh, auntie makes these brownies. Oh my God, they should, they're just... They're, they're too good. I can't even go into how good they are. That I don't feel like words are going to do it justice. We need someone like Nigella Lawson to sexually talk about <laughs> these brownies. But um, yeah, we'll rope her in. It'd be it'd be a trio basically. I know you said a lot of people probably relate it back to memories, but we haven't really had someone do that. A lot of the time, they talk mostly around the food. So it's actually really nice to hear you oh, really? relate it back to special memories that you link with the food. Yeah, um, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, because that's that's what food's about, and that's why there's such joy yeah. in it because it can take yeah. you you know a, a bite or like a mouthful of something can take you back to a time and a place where you're yeah. like this reminds me exactly and you have like um i call them smemories like smell memories and you yeah, have that with yeah. food like you'll smell <laughs> something don't laugh at smemories it's a legitimate I love it. thing it sounds very funny because there, but... there's, no, there's no word for it there should be you know you smell something and it, it takes you back somewhere and it comes out mm. of nowhere i always have it and this is completely off topic but i was three years old and i had my tonsils taken out yeah. And they used like this anaesthetic to put me to sleep. And it's like child friendly one. So it was never, I think it was like a cream or whatever it was. But randomly, you know, I'm nearly 30. Randomly, I'll get this smell. And I then am there in like mm. the hospital bed with this little smiley face sticker on my hand. And I can oh, smell it. Bless you. And food does the same thing, you know, food can yeah. take you back instantly somewhere. Yeah, it does. It really does. And I think it's like, I think you were, it was one of your earlier ones and you were saying you'd go back to New York just for this sandwich. <laughs> Like, yeah. I get that, mate. I totally get that. Uh, orchard, would... orchard grocer, their sandwich. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was yeah, just ridiculous. It sounds good. I'd go back to Indonesia for a lot of their street food as yeah. well. Yeah, that I remember are... you saying about the tempeh. And, yeah, um, so good. I get that. We went to Bali two years ago, I think, um, with my sister and boyfriend and friend. And honestly, we just, I just lived on it because obviously no one does it better. Everyone on this bloody show has gone to Bali and I'm sat here. <laughs> I know. It's miserable feel... outside. And I'm just like, I want to go. Like, I can't just let me go You'll somewhere. get there one day. <laughs> it sounds, um, it sounds not pretentious, but I, I think sometimes when you hear people like, oh yeah, I went to Bali. It was amazing. And it sounds a bit like, oh God. But honestly, it, the, the people are just the friendliest people ever I think I've ever met I don't know if you had the same experience Izzy but I mean I only went to Bali yeah. you kind of went around Indonesia and did it properly 
um but yeah it was just magical yeah everyone's so lovely they just want to they want to do everything to make your experience great and they take time out of their day there was a guy who bought us our meal and wrote down on a piece of paper loads of indonesian phrases for me to be able to explain that i'm vegan yeah and he refused to let us pay for our meal and it was unbelievable it was lovely but how do you how do you say i'm vegan in indonesian then let's see how how. oh god i can't remember (laughs) i can't remember for the life of me i do still have the piece of paper though so (laughs) but I would love to know how you got into veganism just as a starter yeah so um I think I was was veggie back um when I was about 12 years old so uh really before it was cool like (laughs) there's probably about two options at a supermarket you know it would be Linda McCartney sausages or corn chicken pieces like you know the, the the classic um combo so I was yeah veggie for a long time and then I think from going on Instagram it was very influential there was lots and lots of people who were kind of sharing vegan recipes and actually it was seemed quite I don't know it seemed so gradual I can't really tell you like how long I've been plant-based it's it's so gradual it's been quite a long time like maybe like four or five years now but um it just kind of made sense to cut out you know dairy and eggs at one point like I think when I actually started um on Instagram people followed me because I had such good egg content like I would always make crazy crazy recipes with these beautiful egg shots and everything and then um just overnight I just was just completely like oh no gone off it and I'm quite good at being able to do that if I if I go off something it's just that's it I don't need to eat it anymore I don't really crave it I was gonna ask you guys actually what's the one thing that isn't vegan yet like they haven't made a vegan alternative that you really miss so for me it's halloumi like i feel like halloumi is such a difficult one to recreate in vegan i've got i've got a recipe for tofu halloumi that i've made a few times it's actually not bad it's uh, okay it's not halloumi but it's really not bad i can't think there's so many there's an alternative for everything now yeah i'm trying to like for me it's only because i have to make it and i struggle to buy it i know you can buy it but i've never really tried it it's like vegan mm. smoked salmon you know i'm i'm jewish i grew up eating smoked salmon all mm, the time yeah. um and this i make a smoked salmon carrot and it's really nice but yeah, it's, it yeah. isn't smoked salmon it's got amazing flavor but it just still isn't it so that exactly. for me is is the one thing i would love to try and get hold of somewhere yeah i think fish is the main thing for me like i think i have spoken about it before but I just think the fish alternatives aren't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. I was a massive, um, like, I know it sounds a bit, but like lobster, mm-hmm. prawns, all of that with like garlic butter. I still think, you know, the replacements just aren't quite, they're not you quite there. You can get good, yeah, uh, yeah, good vegan prawns. I've had some that a vegan butcher in Asda sells it, but I know it's quite a niche place because it's only literally one location at the minute. But there are, <laughs> yeah. there are places you can get vegan prawns. And the thing is, prawns, they're just kind of like, they're like bubble wrap anyway, aren't they? So as long as you kind of match that bubble wrap texture. <laughs> bubble wrap. Oh my God, no. Like real, real fresh king prawns with garlic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what about you, Lucy? I can't say bubble wrap. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is, is halloumi just the one thing that you miss? Halloumi, yeah. Halloumi. So, so I, I've really... So I'm quite... Um, I was always off meat and fish. Like even as a really young uh, kid, I never wanted to eat it. I was always really quite fussy. So I feel like it's so... I don't miss anything like that because to me, I am so like 
it's it's never been something that I've enjoyed. Um, but I can totally see people who've kind of come down it maybe for more like environmental reasons or more like animal rights down the line. Um, I can see how you would miss meat and fish because it's so hard to actually recreate that texture and the flavour and stuff that you get with it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think cheese, it's got to be halloumi. There is just, there's nothing better in this world <laughs> than halloumi. And like, so, so, I love the saltiness of it. Like, saltiness. I'm a huge fan of salty oh, food. So. Exactly. So I, I can't mm. wait for someone to bring out, like, a really close... There's really, a few, really there's a few on the market, but I've I've had them and they just they turn to like melted plastic. They're not yes. good. Oh, yeah. yeah, they don't quite have the same. Um, I don't even know what it is, but it's something. Just, but yeah, well, no one's ever going to get that squeak. Halloumi squeaks <laughs> yeah. when you chew it. Like it's never yeah. going to squeak. Um, wait, so you said obviously you were veggie and you posted egg stuff first on Instagram, but were you yeah. always? Lucy and lentils, or was it Lucy and like something else? Like, <laughs> Lucy with, and eggs. Yeah, Lucy and <laughs> eggs. <laughs> no, it was always it was always Lucy and lentils. So, um, <clears throat> I started Instagram when I was at uni. Classic distraction tacti- uh, technique <laughs> when you <laughs> should be doing work, but you think, oh no, I'll find something a hobby to do instead. So, um, I started Instagram mostly because I couldn't cook. Like I, I really, really couldn't cook. I was awful. I knew that I wanted to eat better. I say better, like just more balanced food. Um, started this Instagram to get inspiration and started posting my own things. And again, like whenever I posted stuff with eggs, like eggs on toast and stuff like that, they'd always go get loads and loads of traction. And then eventually I just kind of thought, oh, I really quite like taking photos of food. And then it grew from there. And as that was evolving, so was like my uh, thoughts and feelings about turning more plant-based. So... I think it was just really gradual so as I started taking more photos and getting more inspiration from people I just naturally started cutting out cheese and eggs and milk and stuff like that so it was really really slow process I think a lot of people who who may, might have followed my Instagram for example they've probably been there for the whole of like <laughs> I hate the word journey it's so cliche <laughs> but you know what I mean like they've been there through through the egg loving and then eventually just you know just the plant-based stuff so I have a um a question about eggs because so my mum lives in France and I visit her mm. quite often before COVID. Yeah. Um and I have I think I have like a highlight whilst I was in France and it was like mum collecting the eggs from her chickens. Oh, um and I actually had a message from someone this week kind of saying, I've been looking through your highlights and I saw that your mum have chickens. Mm. Do you eat her eggs? Like would you feel comfortable eating her eggs? Yeah. Um and when I first went vegan, I did. Yeah. when I was in France however I definitely wouldn't now I'm interested in your take on that ah okay I'm quite laid back I think um I'm quite like you especially at the start as you you were saying like you really know that they are having they're living their best life like they're they're roaming around eating all of the corn and probably I don't know I can't you know I don't know what your mum's situation is like but I'm guessing she treats them really well yeah um, for sure exactly so in situations like that you know I get asked that by you know mates if ever the sort of veganism topic comes up they sort of say oh well if you had chickens would you eat their eggs and I think I would like I think I would it's not like I'm forcing them (laughs) to mass produce and it's not like um it's not like they'd actually be um oh what's the word they're they're not going to actually turn into chicks and hens because they're not they're not um inseminated yeah they've not had a, a a male 
cockerel yeah. come in. You know, there's no, um, it's not like it's going to be a life. So I feel like I'd be quite laid back about that situation. But I mean, the thing is, when you actually buy them, you have no idea where Absolutely they're coming none, from yeah. or what situation. So I just completely veto them. Um, but if if like my mum and dad decided, right, we're going to get an allotment, get some chickens in there, I think I'd be quite chill about it. Um, as long as I knew they were all right and, you know, living their best it's, yeah, look, it's life. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. It's definitely yeah. one of those divisive topics that does get brought up. We've all had yeah. that conversation. I think probably yeah. every vegan um, has had that conversation with someone who's been like, oh, I'm, I'm going to catch you out here. I'm going to find out. Do you guys, ha- I don't know about you, but I um, I don't, I almost am really comfortable in challenging it because actually there are always people at all the ends of the spectrum. You know, you'll get people that are so, you know, this is not ours to take. This is absolutely not ours. It's, it's violating their rights and this, that and the other, which I you know I'm really happy for people to feel that way and to have that opinion but when it comes to something like that um I feel like it's really there's a sort of a blurred line isn't there because actually it's not they're not in any pain they're not living in a cage and in the dark or anything like that so I don't know I think it's just it is very much a personal decision with what you feel comfortable with and I just hate when people judge that and say well you can't label yourself as vegan and you can't label yourself as this and that and it's just everyone's everyone's always wanting to jump on the bandwagon and call people out and like Ben and I have spoken about this a lot of times before the vegan police they're always ready to attack and that's why a lot of people are scared to go vegan because there seems to be so many boundaries and rules around it and it actually stops people from trying um so I'm very much each their own um like Ben and I had a conversation would we cook meat for like our partner and Mm, Ben Ben made a steak for his dog or whatever um and ben would happily it was and ben would happily do that whereas i personally wouldn't but i would never judge anyone who would the kind of policing of it is really it really frustrates me because i'm like look we're all trying to do our best here if if we could get every single person to eat just like three more vegan meals a week that would have so much more impact than like 100 people going strict vegan and then making everyone feel bad telling them they're a bad person this that and the other I'm very much like can we all just take a breath like together you know I think I know that sounds really like I don't know I don't know how people might perceive what I'm saying but I, I don't like the policing of it I actually think everyone needs to do it in their own time and enjoy their own food and if you police people they're not going to listen we literally you, you, yeah. you've come to the right place because you know the whole idea behind <laughs> this this podcast is that we don't want to be like a vegan podcast where we're mm. saying you know you need to do this and this is how to do this like it's all about you know life choices and our experiences and you know mm. we, we both completely agree with that aspect that you know it doesn't help and and I always say I've said it a few times on the pod and I'll say it again you know I'd rather one meat eater made one of my recipes than 100 vegan because it makes more mm. of a difference mm-hmm. uh, absolutely so yeah. and also intuitive eating is something that we kind of talked about a little bit over the last couple of weeks that's something that's kind of getting uh gaining a bit more traction people not actually labeling themselves as plant-based yeah. or vegan but actually just eating what they feel uh, is okay to eat there and then and if that includes you know a piece of fish once every f- seven weeks um mm-hmm you're still doing, you know, 70, 80% good. Yeah. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. I tell you what I'm excited for now the weather's getting a bit nicer. What's that, Izzy? Barbecues. Oh, me too. 
To be honest, it doesn't matter if it's five degrees, if the sun's shining, then I'm keen to work the grill on. Our sponsors, Future Farm, really do have the products to take your barbecues up a notch this summer. Their Future Sausages and Burgers are perfect for grilling. The Future Sausages are definitely my faves. Their products on the barbecue really are a game changer. All the flavour, texture and juiciness of meat without harming animals or the planet. You can purchase these incredible meatless meats ideal for barbecues from Sainsbury stores nationwide and online. I want to touch a little bit on food waste with you because I know you're quite a bit of an advocate on zero waste and food waste and stuff like that. And I think that links very nicely into this piece where you may have bought an item of food that isn't vegan, but you didn't realise and you don't want to waste it. So you'll eat it. Mm. So I'd love to kind of just hear you chat a little bit around food waste and why you're so passionate around that as well. Yeah. So I think, um, again, I don't know if you guys have experience this kind of almost guilt like I feel like everyone is put on a pedestal such a high pedestal of you know if you're vegan then you must be zero waste and you must have no plastic in your life and you must this and this and they they kind of I don't know whether this is the pressure that we put on ourselves because we just feel like we have to or because we always usually get I don't know about you guys I definitely get a comment here and there saying oh well look how much plastic you've used or oh I hope you can't possibly eat all of this which side note yes I do I eat everything (laughs) Um, I'm a big foodie and I eat everything so um, there's no worry about food waste here but yeah I feel like sometimes we're put on such a pedestal it's really hard to feel like we're ticking every box and we can go to bed at night and think I am a good human you know because actually the way that the system is we are constantly set up to fail and that's actually okay you know sometimes uh, I went on such a, a, a strict thing of zero plastic I think it was kind of after watching loads of the Attenborough shows and um, Blue Planet and I was so horrified by the plastic consumption I almost went almost down the kind of policing route of you know if Louis would come in from the shops and he'd gone to Aldi instead and there's loads of plastic I'd be like this is bad we are not supposed to be you know and whereas actually I think I've tried to go a bit more you know lenient and take a bit more of a relaxed approach like if we can all cut down our plastic um from like loose fruit and veg and things like that that's far better than again just like a hundred people going like crazy teetotal which don't get me wrong if you can do it that's fantastic but it's, like, it's so frustrating because you go to the supermarket and the cucumber that's wrapped in the plastic is yeah. cheaper than the cucumber that isn't for whatever know, reason and you know, know there comes a point where we have to accept that and you know as vegans we are we are privileged because we have a choice in what we eat and there are there Absolutely. are those that don't but yeah, yeah i completely agree like it's it is you know i talk about cucumber and plastic if you if you really want to feel bad about what you're doing go on tiktok because uh, people on there are just the worst. Like everyone who's on TikTok is just the worst. I had a recipe on there where I literally chopped a cucumber in half and it had like the plastic on. Mm. And I'm having comments, well, actually not even cut in half, I cut off the tip. And I always cut off the tip of the cucumber because Winston mm. likes to eat them. He, lo- he loves the, the carrots and whatnot. And yeah. people are telling me how, you know, by cutting it with the plastic, I'm getting microplastics in my food. Um, I'm wasting the ends. I'm, you know, I'm polluting the environment. I'm like, Yo, it's a, it's a cucumber, like, relax. Just calm yourself, yeah. 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 Literally, but yeah, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly, the, exactly what I'm trying to say, is that no matter how much good you try and do, there will always be someone who will say that you are doing something wrong or you should feel guilty for something, whether that's giving the end of your cucumber to your blooming dog. And, you know, it, this is what I'm trying to say is that we are always set up to fail unless there is huge change, huge, huge change in these massive corporations and supermarkets and things like that. 
people, unless you are privileged enough to be able to afford to go to, you know, greengrocers where it is slightly more expensive and it's locally farmed and, and produced, um, or, you know, organic, I don't know, I don't know what you've got in like London and places like that, but places where, you know, it's probably a bit more pricey. Unless you've got that privilege, you can't, you can't do it. You can't get involved. And, um, or you grow your own, I don't know. But, but anyway, on a more positive note, there is so much change. And especially here in Nottingham, we've got, I think we've got nearly four, four zero waste shops. And then we've got greengrocers, like local greengrocers that have actually got um, zero waste sections. So they now stock um, all of the refills for your laundry detergents, dishwasher tablets, all these kind of things. So there's so much, I don't know what it's like where you guys are, but in Nottingham, there is such a hub of people that want to get involved. And it's so successful that, you know, you've got this one that just opened um, down in Lady Bay and there's queues all the way down the street for people because they're so desperate to get involved and support and they don't mind waiting half an hour yeah. because they want it is to show. A, it's like a community, isn't yes, it? Like it's absolutely. all like very like-minded people. I, I'm really, really lucky in terms of, I do live very central London. Mm. And when I lived in Bournemouth, I had about three zero waste shops within like 10 minute drive yeah. all of them um whereas moving to london in kind of i live in like finsbury park area and i was like oh i'm not sure if there's going to be a zero waste mm. shop and i felt a bit like stressed about that because i was like i like to go and refill and do mm. my bit but i have one literally like a five minute walk from me and oh, it's such a lovely it's such a lovely community there and they kind of stock and sell local people's products that they make mm. they don't have any fresh produce it's more just kind of your porridges and your pastas they have a gluten-free mm. section and as yeah. you said they have all like washing detergents so I go and refill like all my cleaning products washing detergents and stuff like that but as I said like, I'm lucky I have one a five minute walk away yeah some people might not have one anywhere near them like Ben I know doesn't <laughs> yep. so he can't um oh I so tell you what's a really good website for that actually is um small have you heard of small they're like the online we get them delivered now so it's zero it's well it's zero plastic they come in cardboard but obviously that's recyclable minimal packaging and you can get dishwasher tablets laundry detergent you can even get spray bottles now so you pay for like three bottles and then every so many months they'll send you an actual tablet which you just dissolve in water so even i feel like even if you're not as lucky as obviously me and you izzy like we've got stuff on our doorstep there are still people that are kind of creating these corporations these companies where you can hopefully still have accessibility to zero waste products in that sense there's so many ways that you can get involved with reducing your plastic if that is literally just buying whatever loose fruit and veg is available in the supermarket you know whatever's loose you know just just put some um, bicarb soda and a bit of vinegar on it and some water wash it all off you know if, if you're not really sure how clean it is so there's, there's simple ways and obviously if you can just buy more cardboard of course that's going to be better than plastic and I think, um, again, there's this sort of, they went through a stage where I think people were almost shamed into, you know, if you weren't contributing, you it was shameful and you'd feel really guilty. And that's not actually going to create positive change. I think it's taking the small wins where you can and getting that on a much larger scale. Like, did you see the, um, I think it was Waitrose did a zero waste section in their shop in, in a few shops, didn't they? They trialed it down south. Um, oh, that's really cool. I know yeah. that as I think as there are as well, yes. they've got zero waste section. Yeah, so. there's a lot of yeah. positive stuff coming out of that like movement, and I think you know it's only going to get better because you know if they do it in places like Waitrose, it, it still it, it reeks of obviously not discrimination, but you know only a certain 
echelon of people can really afford to shop in Waitrose. They have their their essentials, um, but yeah. it is the most that and M and S are the most expensive supermarkets. Yeah, um, but yeah, but I think it's um I think it's a good way of reaching maybe a slightly different target audience. So I'd I'd say it is it is definitely privilege, definitely privilege to be able to shop in sort of supermarkets like that. But I do also think that it might open it up to people mm-hmm. who probably might not have considered it. You know, they might just be your usual. I don't know, like I don't know, would boomer be counted I don't know but you know what I mean like I think I feel like our generation and the Gen Z's that are coming up I feel like we're a lot more I don't know if I'm just in an echo chamber but I feel like we're a lot more happy to talk about things and to raise awareness and to actually try and get actively involved in making positive change I don't know whether it's like the Greta Thunberg generation you know they're all kind of realizing that it is actually cool to give a shit about the planet but I don't know I don't know whether it's just that or I'm in an echo chamber but it definitely feels like if it can get out far and wide as far as it can then that again it's it's a good thing it's a really good thing to to hopefully come out and you know be more available for sure and it's great you know obviously you you run a, a, a very successful platform and you're using that to promote these things as well which i think is great um you also use it to promote your uh, own home renovations which i'm a real avid <laughs> follower on which is it's another good reason to follow you i think people love to see these like home makeovers and things so yeah, yeah i think is, is that something you want to do further down the line you want to get into sort of diy renovations because once you're oh finished once you're I finished know. you're going to be bored what are you going to do I know we're get, we're um always finding something to to do up. I think that's really been brought on. I think a lot of people will find it similar by lockdown. Mm-hmm. Naturally, you spend so much more time in your own home. You're not going on holidays, so instead of saving for a holiday, you're like, oh, okay, well, let's maybe chuck a couple of hundred pounds in repainting something. I don't know. And you also do um recipes for BBC as well, don't you? Yeah. So that was oh my god when that email came in. I think so many of us have um. Uh, imposter syndrome most of the time we're kind of like oh who's who's gonna listen to me you know what yeah exactly (laughs) everyone does and I remember when they emailed and they were like we'd like you to create some recipes for BBC food and I was like oh my god it's incredible it's so cool (laughs) so I was so bad I was like trying everything five times like does it taste okay is it okay um but no it it was so cool doing that so there's I don't know how many there are now maybe like 16 or 20 recipes or so on there and it just feels so surreal like typing my name on BBC and be like oh my god there's a page yeah (laughs) I was gonna ask you how you find them so you just go on BBC Good Food and then you just type in your name yeah so all of yours yeah so there's BBC Food and then there's BBC Good Food so I'm on BBC Foods one instead um so is it it not good food then it's not good food unfortunately (laughs) it's just food it's just food I've been demoted mate I've been demoted (laughs) no I um so you'll you'll find us on uh, BBC really fucking great food <laughs> yeah that's what Ben and I are <laughs> I might pitch that to her and be like listen have you thought about <laughs> um, so yeah if you go on BBC food um if you just type in Lucy Parker which is my name I don't they didn't put Lucy and lentils which I mean I can kind of see why because <laughs> I think anyone who doesn't follow me on Instagram would be like, what is this kid on about? Yeah, her parents must be weird. Like, yeah. what, what, is, what is the future then? Because I know you posted about it like on Instagram the other day, you know, about it being, you know, you're lucky that you can do this as like a full-time role. But like, what is the future yeah. for, you know, Lucy and Lentils and obviously Lucy behind Lucy and Lentils? <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, oh, this is the age-old question. What, where do you see, like, where do you see yourself in 10 years kind of thing? But um, I think something that 
platforms like TikTok, and obviously I've seen how you've gone on TikTok and you've exploded onto that scene. I know you were saying like everyone on TikTok's evil, but actually it's a really great platform because (laughs) you get so much more awareness and so much more, um, you know, viral worthy spreading kind of, you know, your content out there. So I'd really like to kind of branch out on more platforms instead of just Instagram and really just try and get back to the basics and actually the thing that people, the things, the recipes that people recreate the most are like the easiest ones and the ones that are just really, you know, brought back to basics and like, look, this is what I use. You can easily replace it for tin tomatoes. It doesn't matter. You don't need, you know, posh, nice tomatoes from the supermarket. And it's ones where there's always like really simple alternatives that people engage with. So kind of like the happy pair and people like that, where they kind of are just really basic talking to the camera, like, look, this is what I've done. This is how easy it can be. It doesn't matter if you've got this, try this. It just happens to be plant-based. It's really fucking good. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's kind of what I want to start sharing a little bit more of, because I feel sometimes everything can be so finely tuned and I worry so much about, oh, is this photo okay? And actually, I don't think that's how social media is moving anymore. We're moving much more in a real direction of like, it's okay if something doesn't look Instagram worthy anymore. This is more real. This is more what you'll actually eat on a weeknight. So um, yeah, just kind of more recipe video based content, I think. Um, and yeah, who, who knows, but definitely spreading out on more platforms. No, it's exciting. Ex- it's very exciting. No, it's uh, like no one knows because social media changes so often. Mm. Like I know like Instagram has been pushing short form content because obviously TikTok has been doing short form and mm. now YouTube are doing short form but actually Instagram are bringing in monetization for IGTV at like mm. the the 30 second mark or the 15 second mark you can start having ads but that goes against everything that they've told us everyone to do over the last year so who knows what's going to happen with it you can't have 5 year plans 10 year plans because everything just constantly changes yeah. yeah i think it's all about just doing what you love and what you're passionate about obviously it's great to get the engagement and the followers and the likes and get people trying your recipes and getting your message out there but it definitely is still important not to get too caught up in that at the same time and just remember you know you're doing this because you really enjoy it and you love the food you cook and you're posting about it and anything else is kind of yeah. a plus mate you're absolutely right you know you don't see like your Tamatolenghi going oh I only got 250 likes on my last post you know he is a world <laughs> you, renowned yeah. chef you know what I mean like when it comes to that level of actually getting people to engage with your food and your recipes you know ideally I'd love to be able to kind of contribute to magazines like you know good food and delicious and vegan food and living and all of these kind of things and have like regular content to go out there and I don't mean content in the sense of like millennial you know oh, look at my content I mean like genuine things that people are going to message me and say I just made this and like nothing makes me happier than when someone messages me and says my son hates bananas but we've just made your banana muffins he didn't even know and he loves them and I'm like that's made my day like honestly (laughs) definitely yeah that is is what I love it is definitely the best bit about it when people make your food and you're just like this is mad it's like mad. it's yeah. like, from around the world and you're like I'm just this person who just I know just I've just made I made dinner and I filmed it and now other people are making <laughs> what I made it's just like what's absolutely. going on absolutely it's something, so fun yeah exactly and it's it's not nothing we do is harmful or you know it can't be strewed in, in any way and I feel like as long as you're positive and the, I mean for me the overall aim I guess if you were to say what is it that you're wanting to achieve is to get more people to eat plant-based food but not even see it as plant-based it's it's just good food and it just happens to be plant-based and that's what they enjoy eating so yeah if I can get to that stage then um 
then I've won. I've won. I can go to bed happy at night. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Lucy, it's honestly been so lovely chatting to you and having you on the show today. Thanks, guys. A good way to end it. I know we've, we've mentioned many times, but where can people find you and uh, why, yeah. why should they follow you? That's always a good question. Oh, why should you? Well, if, I mean, if it's not for the home renovations or the, uh, yeah, no, I think um, I really, I really try and share stuff that's easy to make. And I don't just, you know, I don't just mean that, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, it's so easy. There's only 17 steps. It really is food that you can recreate at home. It's delicious. You know, you can, you can have it with mates coming over, your family coming over and you're like, oh God, what do I cook? You know, hopefully I've got a load of things that you know foolproof you can you can give them a go and they'll work so yeah you can find me on most social media platforms just lucy and lentils i have a website as well um and yeah i guess if you go into like bbc food you can find some more more recipes there that i've kind of spent a lot of love and time over so they're good but yeah it's just lucy and lentils you'll find me it's a weird name no one else has it yeah no amazing and also loads of great dog content on the instagram too which is yes. always nice yeah i love the dog <laughs> a, good, a good enough reason to literally follow anyone um yeah, yeah. if they show the dog i'm there yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening what an insightful chat that was remember it's the small changes you make that can make the biggest impact If you want to hear and see more from Lucy, then head over to her Instagram at Lucy underscore and underscore Lentils. It's an incredible page and well worth a follow. This show was produced and edited by Callum Goddard Mocklow for Apricot Audio. And we'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast available on all podcast platforms such as Apple, Spotify and Acast. And if you want to keep up to date with all the latest happenings, then remember to follow us both on Instagram at IzzyTheVegan and at Ben's Vegan Kitchen. We'll see you next week. See you later.